We shall leave you to weave your evil ways. Let's go, Rito. That odious stench. Smells like teenagers. Persona games are actually like very dark. Three is like really dark. It's about the end of the world. Four is like about murder mysteries in a small Japanese town. But they spun it off because the aesthetic was so bright and vibrant that they did like a dancing game and yeah. they did like Persona Four Golden and they had a fighting game version of it. Didn't they have a jet ski racing game too? Maybe I, I wouldn't I be know. surprised. It's a lot. But I then and Persona, Persona Five is maybe about like uh like having. It's like, a, like statutory rape, basically. Oh. Um, yeah, there's... And, and abuse towards volleyball players. Yeah, you fight people who yeah. are like, I have twisted desires. Matt, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, pretty much every pretty adult in the game is just a monster. Yeah, I just... All I all I really gathered out of that YouTube video that I watched was that, like, you used to be able to talk to the monsters, and then you couldn't, and everybody was mad about it, and now you can again. Oh, yeah, you can negotiate. I need to watch this YouTube video. Yeah. It's a fun... That's a fun mechanic. Um, so that that was the tail end of our two-hour conversation about Persona. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, our podcast, I Think Ooze Be Into It, the number one Ivan Ooze podcast. Uh, <laughs> your source for all the Ooze news, reviews, uh, booze, and Drew Struzan that you, you could ever possibly have. Did you down? Because you were looking at your computer I did. real hard. I oh did, because I knew I would fuck it up otherwise. <laughs> we've, wor- we've moved on to written jokes, guys. But... But uh, but how is that relevant to Ivan News? <laughs> Hi, this is I think you'd be into it. The podcast about your problematic fave. I'm okay. your first co-host, Brandon Beck. Okay, you want to try that again? No. Okay. That was pretty golden. I'm your second yeah, co-host, I... Beth Scorzato, who is not not ready for this right now. And I'm your third co-host, Brandon Beck. Okay. Anyway, today we are here to talk about Power Rangers. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name's Sam Kusek. Um, I how should I describe myself? Um, you're a very good boy. Fanboy. I'm a very good boy. I'm a friend of the co-hosts. I'm a very good fanboy. I used to work for a company that is currently publishing the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic. The what? Morphin Power Rangers. That's what we call it. That's what we call it. In the office, it's And yeah, I'm just I'm a unabashed fanboy of Power Rangers and any related Super Sentai. And I'm Matt Levine. Funny enough. I work on the Power Rangers comics. I'm the assistant editor on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers um, and all other Power Rangers titles, which include Go Go Power Rangers coming out uh, soon. Is, is, I wish I, that, I should have had a better plug for that uh, for the release. Don't is forget. It, is uh, it in previews? Because I have previews on my desk. I, it, I, I believe it is in previews. Don't forget you were also on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink, the miniseries. Yes. Featuring everybody's favorite, uh, Kimberly. Yes, as well as the Saban's Power Rangers movie OGN Aftershock. Uh, the the movie being the new one, the or new the movie. 90- okay, the new the new movie. Well, that doesn't have Ivan Ooze, so we can't it, talk about it. anything without Ivan Ooze is not worth anyone. Is this time. an ooze cast? This is a, in fact an ooze cast. Ooze, new, cast. ooze news and reviews <laughs> um, straight from the goose. <laughs> uh, Matt, I do have a question for you. Uh, yes. Go go Power Rangers, um, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna assume the answer is yes. Um, it's about the Power Rangers in the '60s and their go go dancers at the Whiskey a Go Go, yes, right? Okay. Exactly. That's there's, what I thought. Uh, there's a lot of um, big hair, some high need boots. You know, uh, there's already a lot of high need boots. Right. Yes. Is it? Is it there? A, isn't there a, an issue coming out where the Black Ranger gives a hand job to Jim Morrison? Yep. Cool. That's, that's true. That, that look forward to that, guys. Cool. cool. It's gonna be a good one. Spoilers. Cool. Good stuff for everyone. Just, good just stuff. in case. His trunk's got quite a grip. <laughs> I'm not a joke writer. <laughs> that wasn't written down. 
No. Anyway, before <laughs> we get dumb. before we get <laughs> into Power helmet. Rangers, we do have a a sub. I think you'd be into it. That I promised Brandon he could get off his chest while Sam was here with us. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Um, Matt is also a fan, so you're uh, in good company. Sam has Sam. I don't get it, but he. I was like, "Well, Sam is here. Do you want to just talk about it and get it out of your system?" He was like, "Yes, I do." That. Uh, so I think we both had the fortune of seeing the Broadway show. Yeah, on Broadway. On Broadway. <laughs> on Broadway. Um, oh, but, oh, hello. If you oh, hello. if you aren't familiar, is uh, about the adventures of Gil Faison and George St. Giegland, who are two cranky Upper West Side Jews who are also maybe sociopaths. I think it's important to note that they're both divorcees. Yeah, they're both divorcees. They live um, together, they're roommates. And they're obsessed with tuna fish. They they live together and in pranks. a rent control and pranks and in a rent controlled apartment uh to which they uh pay four hundred dollars a month. No, to which they refuse to pay rent. Oh, um what? And uh, it is two characters uh, played by Nick Kroll and John Mulaney that I believe started as a stage show in UCB in New yeah, York. Yeah, it was a thing they did at UCB. Sort of grew out of that. And with had, some... Yeah, now had like a, t- a Broadway show and a touring oh, run. Yeah. The best thing, I don't know if anyone's seen this, they did the Bachelor after show yes. as those characters. Yes, I did see that. It was so good. Unbelievable. The, and like I was already onto it into it because uh, Padgett Brewster was the like third guest on that episode, and she is. Uh, oh. Was PFT in that one? I well? don't think PFT was not in that think... one, but he was definitely on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite thing was that the host sort of got what was going on. But the other, like, the person from The Bachelor clearly did not. Yeah. And was just baffled by what by what was happening. Yeah. And anytime Gil and George can sort of intrude on something and ruin it, it's my favorite thing in the world. Are you familiar with where those characters came from, where they came up with Gil and George? Um, I... I feel like I've maybe heard the story, but they it, were they were shopping at the Strand Bookstore in New York, and they saw two elderly men that probably looked a lot like Gil and George, and they were both buying separate copies of Alan Alda's autobiography. Now, is that Never Have Your Dog Stuffed, or was that yeah, his... that is Never Have Your Dog? Okay, I'm, I'm glad you guys know the title. Yeah. I, I I read it in high school. Amazing. <laughs> That's how fucking cool I was. And they were so enthralled by these two guys that they said we're gonna follow them and they walked a couple of blocks down the street behind these two guys and just listened to their conversations oh, and really? that's how Gil and George were, were born oh, that it is uh, such a delight anytime it, something comes out be it a podcast oh, yeah. or the stage show I think legitimately I saw it the last week it was running Yeah, I paid I think like $180 the day before to get a seat all the way in the corner and it's still one yep. of the best things I've ever seen oh yeah. yeah I I who who got pranked when you went it was a it was a former governor from Massachusetts okay. which I was Patrick I'm Duvall? From, no uh, they pranked I don't Mitt remember Romney? the name <laughs> no. uh, but it was I'm from Massachusetts yeah. so I was like oh cool um the interview wasn't as funny as the other ones but sure. the the amount of production that went into the show and the recapping of all of the decades that they did I oh think yeah is the thing that stood out the most to me they yeah. made a tremendous oj joke <laughs> i remember there being an oj joke but i don't remember what it was i think uh gill at no george at one point says have you ever done anything so bad that a car company discontinues a line of cars yeah <laughs> referencing the ford rock yeah. yeah and the structure of the show was that they would do something that was scripted first right and then they would do the interview with someone and that was sort the of the idea yeah, is that the interview it was the last episode of their tv show and they would bring up a special guest every show right. and it was a different guest i i wound up seeing the show three different times I saw it once when they were first touring it after it was on Off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Off-Broadway. And uh, it was in San Diego. And when they did the interview part, they picked someone from the crowd who just happened to be a school teacher. And uh, George's reasoning was, you look like you don't know what this is. <laughs> and then I saw it when they did it here in town, and the guest was Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, boy. Um, who... So the first question they asked him was, how much money do you have? And uh, he said, like, like on me, like $900. And then he, because when they're being interviewed, there's just this giant tuna fish sandwich. Like, it's simply too much tuna. 
and Jimmy Kimmel just took a handful of it and chucked it into the crowd, and it hit, hit a, wo- a woman. Hit a woman in the face. Oh boy! And he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Here, let me give you nine hundred dollars." Yeah. So he gave her all the money in his wallet after the. Actually, I think they were like, "You should give her all that money in your wallet." For that. So they did. They convinced Jimmy Kimmel to give this woman nine hundred dollars. She took it. Good on her. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah. And uh, and then I, I finally saw it on Broadway uh, right after Christmas, and uh, I was really blown away by the production value of it. Like. The other versions, there was no set. It was just a door frame and a backdrop. And, like, I loved the, the conceit of, of their... Steely Dan is all the set you need. It really is. <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're, set the, in life, man. <laughs> but it was a whole New Cocaine. York City apartment on stage, right? They well, came, yeah. yeah. Well, what there they, what there they was, con- like, half an apartment on stage. Yeah, it, what, the conceit was that to save money, they just used parts of other old sets. And, like, one of them, I think, was, like steel magnolias and some other thing and then one of them was the front stoop of a building that they said they got from the cosby show for incredibly cheap (laughs) i also like that you and i I think both have separately said conceit a bunch so welcome to conceit cast yeah this is this is uh i think you'd conceit to it uh the (laughs) podcast about your problematic whatever a conceit is premise problematic premise Premise beach. Premise. I think all of these are problematic premises. Okay, yeah. So let's get back to our original yes. one. I, I, I let you have your sub your sub into. Thank you. It's Thank always you. We, nice we, to talk about those sweet boys. It's always, it's always they are my spirit animals. I think that's what I right. right. now, right. now are you more of a Gil or right. more of a George? You know, Sam and I've had this conversation many times. And I'm now I'm blanking on where we ended up with that. I, feel I like, say here's my reasoning. I'm a lot meaner in our, our social interactions <laughs> sure. than he is. So I think I'm more George, where he's kind of the sweetheart of the two of us. Fair. So I think That's he's fair. Gil. That's fair. I mean, I guess I guess that would stand that uh, Beth is George and I'm Gil. Yeah. Um, I think you and I have been known to make snappy comments in yes. public at other people. Yes. So. <laughs> and, you're all, and you're always on competing medications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm trying to constantly trick Matt into doing stuff for me and into jumping down an elevator shaft <laughs> yeah or to start modeling for mashed potatoes yeah. and we're, we're closing that tuna fish it's all right oh, oh, segment over it, it it helps is your 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 mistake there is that i'm actually able to trick brandon into doing stuff for me but it helps when you're sleeping with him that's true i do not live with matt nor are we dating <laughs> so there you go Yet. but but yes. you may still be sleeping with him uh <laughs> No comment. No uh, comment. Um, <laughs> no, I, I bring it up because uh, Matt and I used to work for, or I used to work for Boom Studios. Matt and I went on the road one time, and Boom uh, stuck us in a hotel room where there were only two beds. And so Matt and I were like, "Let's, uh, we'll share a bed. It's fine." And there was one night where we got back, ordered chicken wings from room service, and watched Scooby Doo in like curled Aww. up in bed. It was great. Y'all spooned. It was cute. That that is adorable yeah it was it was a lot of fun so we have slept together but not in the way that you're all thinking internet (laughs) all right so power rangers and this is the part of the show where my expertise is finished yeah that was the other thing i wanted to give him some give him some time to know what he's talking about oh absolutely yeah um so, what so would we start you with guys yeah. Like well, so that? we start with, and you can each have one, or you can pick one to do it. We start generally to get it going with your like thirty second elevator pitch on like somebody, why somebody might be into Power Rangers in a broad sense, and then we'll drill down. Hmm. Like, what's cool about it? What's like the biggest cool thing or... about it that you love that you tell I, people? I feel like I'm a little locked and loaded on this. Go for it. Um, the thing that's most interesting about Power Rangers for me, and we're at a really good age where you can dive into this, uh, pretty wholeheartedly, um, for those of you that don't know, Power Rangers, uh, utilizes footage from Super Sentai, which is just, like, a costume unit of people in Japan. It originally started with Mighty Morphin over here in the States, and it was intercut with footage of teenagers, and they would do ADR over that footage. Um, it's really cool right now to take a look and learn about the Sentai and sort of follow the production history of how it came over to America and what changes they had to make. Mm -hmm. For example, one of my favorite seasons or series, Lost Galaxy, is about a a colony of people launching off from the Earth to go into space to find another world to inhabit. And it's this whole like weird Star Trek-y space adventure. But 
the original Sentai, Gingaman, is about, like, representatives of nature defending the Earth. And so, so to see, planet. Yeah, but to <laughs> see, like, they have these giant mechanized animals, and you're like, how, like, how did you take all of that footage and that idea and then just be like, let's do space, and, like, let's sort of throw those elements in there. So that kind of stuff is really cool to, like, think on and talk of, and it gives you an interesting lens to watch these uh, seasons with. So are they still... That was the thing I wasn't sure. Are they still creating them that way? Every Even, season is yeah. still based on whatever is the most recent Sentai, which is amazing that they've been doing right. it for that and long. And the cool yeah. thing now is that there is enough history. So Power Rangers in America has been going on for 25 years. A, we're coming up on the 25th yeah. anniversary. For Super Sentai, it's been going on 50 years. So it's twice as long. There's a bunch of stuff that has not made it over to America. Um, and we've gotten to a point where the production teams in America can now actually weigh in on the next few seasons as to like, what is the, what is the aesthetic going to be? How is, can we translate this over? So there's this like great partnership between the two, uh, which I think is really cool. So there is stuff still being made. The most current one as of this recording is Kia Ranger, which is, uh, it's a bunch of aliens in space and their suits are based off of constellations. So the red Ranger is Leo. There's a guy who's a swordfish. There's a Scorpio. There's a Taurus. It's really fun to watch. Um, I don't think it'll translate well over here, but it's cool. So that's my, it's not 30 seconds. No, but but that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew Sam was going to bring up, which I always value your opinion on is because he does have this knowledge about the Sentai footage, but for someone who doesn't know anything about the Sentai footage, the thing that I've discovered about why I love Power Rangers after having been away from it for so long is that there is 25 years worth of history um, outside of just the history of the show. So it's I think it's appealing to anyone who likes, if, if you're a comic book reader, if you watch Doctor Who, if you like Star Wars, it's fun to watch and compare and contrast to past seasons. You can sort of guess what they're going to do in the future and so it's a fun it's like a really deep well of mythology that you can sort of if you know other people that like it you don't want to talk to people that don't know power rangers because they'll probably shoo you away but if uh you do have friends that like power rangers it's a great thing to sort of debate and discuss like you would different runs on comic book series or different doctors or different star wars films or anything that's got this really long-standing history um so sort of follow-up question uh, now that you guys have given us all the background on, on Power Rangers, which I had no idea Sentai was 50 years old. Um, That's long. Could you guys explain to me, well, not really to me, I guess, could you guys explain to my mom why I want a Red Ranger figure so goddamn badly? For Christmas. For Christmas. Uh, which, can I ask which Red Ranger? The original. Um, I, he was well, there's the Blue a, Ranger actually. Oh, if Jason, Jason and or Billy. God, yeah, well, I, I want to ex- call your mom and get that photo well, of you and your little brother dressed as Power Rangers. See, for everyone's Halloween. got that photo. Yeah. You're of a certain age, you liked Power Ranger, and I think that's the credit goes to Haim Saban, who had the foresight of getting a property and then knowing that the merchandise is what's going to sell and that's what's going to appeal to kids. And if you're like a '90s kid played with action figures like i don't know if kids still play with them today but he knew that i'm going to create this property and as long as there's a bunch of stuff in stores it's going to just exponentially grow um because kids would want to go out and play power rangers themselves and there's a wish fulfillment and that it was a group of teenagers who were given these superpowers and i can't think of anything else that was on tv at the time that had that level of wish fulfillment unless you read yeah. teen titans or, yeah. or something no, like it was that definitely that was, like aspirational because like turtles didn't kids. have that yeah yeah and they were they were mutants yeah they were nin- mutant teenage mutant ninja turtles i think beth just hit the nail on the head that it was aspirational in that i think the characters were boiled down to these very simple and i don't mean to discredit the characterization because i think there's some fun stuff in there but they're very simple approachable characters and one thing that i love about the original mighty morphin is like objectively they're all great kids like yeah. they're volunteering they're uh they're leading through example they're, they're really drinking in, juice yeah they're really instilling all these awesome values of like go out and be healthy and like help your fellow man don't bully people and like that's awesome like that's really cool for young kids to see and you see that translate over i know one series matt and i really like is uh dino charge and super dino charge and you get a lot of those same kind of core values that come through and i think it is something that uh you can just tell your mom i want to be a better person like the right <laughs> well, it's true i mean to plug the comic book series and to i think a lot of the credit goes to the writer kyle higgins recognized that 
the the success of Power Rangers or the appeal was what Sam was just saying that there was this friendship like sort of the, the theme of, of Power Rangers is um, you're stronger in numbers and, and friendship matters and he tapped into that in the series and, and contemporized and I think that's what separates at least the comic from other team superhero books or other sure. teen team superhero books that there's not a lot of it's um, not it's infighting. not based around angst yeah exactly I mean they're they're angsty kids because yeah, they're but teens there's, but there's they're... a lot of like there's a lot of team teen books out there right, right now that are just like based around the like interpersonal conflict in the team like sure. I don't know there's something cool about people being friends why yeah. can't people yeah. like each other well it's interesting Matt I don't know for those of you who haven't read the book I don't know if you want to give the quick elevator pitch we do on the floor for the first arc of the comic because I think for fans who have grown up with the show like yourself Brandon it's actually a really cool look into the right. story and and that inner conflict that well here I we can we can it, it can be a test do you remember the uh when Tommy Oliver first came on, he's the green. Scene. Yeah, green, green, green with evil. The big arc, green, green with evil. Oh yeah, that five, the five part VHS. Yeah. I had all five of those VHSs. Oh, so yeah. the comic book series picks up right after uh, Tommy's come back to the yeah. good side. So he is now um, dealing with or trying to justify his sort of past actions as Rita's sort of right hand man, with now being a, a teen and full fledged member of the team. Um, so you do get that angst. He's certainly an angsty. Teen, um, but the arc is more about how these other kids accept him into the group and accept him for who he is. And yeah, it's not something you typically see in uh, a comic book series or even sort of shows that are about kids that age. So it's it's definitely a special book in that regard. Yeah. And can oh, sorry, I thought my cat was being a jerk. Uh, speaking of Rita, I think one of my and uh, just this is who I am. I think one of my favorite parts of Power Rangers, especially the Mighty Morphin, is actually like the villains and monsters. Like they're so oh, yeah. varied and absurd. And like, yeah, she's the thread. But um, so my, uh, I should give some context here. My history with Power Rangers, as has been mentioned on the show before, I didn't really watch much TV growing up, so I never really saw it. Um, like I knew what it was. I saw it at friends' house a couple times, but I didn't really have a lot of context other than like every guy in my fourth grade class wanted to fight about who got to be the Red Ranger on the playground. It was never me. Yeah. Well, you weren't in my fourth grade class. Um, so I didn't really know much about it until I was working at the publisher that had the Power Rangers license before Boom, and. The last book we did before we didn't have that license anymore was a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers book. And I didn't know much about it, but the the editor that I sat across from uh, was working on it. And so he would constantly be explaining it to me just because he thought it was really funny to explain it to me and then have me go, wait, what? And my favorite one, though, to this day, and it's like my favorite detail about anything in a show, and I will bring it up to everybody I possibly can, was that Rita was in a space dumpster. And that is a real thing, and I adore it. Um, anybody Anybody who brings up Power Rangers, I'm like, did you know about the space dumpster on the moon? Yep, They're that like, is the what? official. That is the official, that is the name, official space name. Dumpster. I, I believe space dumpster. And also, she has a dope hat, and I was really mad that that hat went away. Matt, in, in the new film, was Elizabeth Banks in a space dumpster? Because apparently, mm, that's a fetish I have. No. Um, <laughs> did you see the movie? I did see the movie. You saw the movie. I did you see saw, the movie? I saw. I saw such a film. Um, I didn't see. I've the movie. I heard such a film as Power Rangers. I heard okay from people I I know that saw it, especially like really big fans. Like I think a lot of people thought that it was fun for what it was. Like it was fun for what it was. It was all right as an action movie, and that they they changed the stories, but that some of their arcs were like really strong. Like I think I heard like the yes. Blue Rangers arc was really strong, and some of like that it was just like a mixed bag. But it wasn't like I don't think it was as panned as it could have been for being a like big property oh, yeah. remake the blue ranger was a touch on the spectrum intentionally so i mean that was sort of written oh, cool. into the character and and i think the actor played that incredibly well and again damn it it was about friendship and yeah. they were all friends and they were charming darling little children they, yeah. they gave them a lot of really strong reasons as to i so uh, to back up a bit initially i had a problem when it came out uh the the uh trailers came out and they were like oh you know we're all like misfits and like we don't fit into the world and it's like going back to what i said before like this isn't the power rangers i remember like they're not really good kids you know they're having all their issues they're all in the misfits yeah they're in the band they have the dreadlock is that what it is i don't know Um, i don't don't know punk um but it 
throughout the course of the story, like you said, they really justified sort of where everyone was at in their lives and why they were kind of questioning their place in the world. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, The action was a little lackluster, uh, and it just didn't feel like a Power Rangers movie to me. How was... Because I know Bill Hader has pulled off something incredible by being two of cinema's great robots, BB-8 and now Alpha 5. How, how... He wasn't alone in BB-8, though. That's true. Let, 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 us, not let, let us not forget yes. all Go those ahead. screams. The Schwartz man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben, if you listen. Got hit by a car. Um, how? I love the I love that the like adult cast was so stacked. Like Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks and Bill Hader. Elizabeth Banks hammed it up and looked super good while doing it. Yeah, I she's, was I was into her. She's costume. incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she, fun fact: Brian Cranston, uh, in his early days as an actor, was uh, a voice actor on Power Rangers and did a lot of uh, <gasps> monster voices. Yeah. I, this is not that. Did you not know that? No, but that reminded me. My only other thing with Power Rangers, <laughs> we had this fucking horrible choir teacher. Sorry, I got so excited. This choir teacher everybody <laughs> hated uh-huh. um, when I was in high school. And I get a phone call from, um, ah, she, she, everybody hated her. She was terrible. She quit after one year. And she was a, a mean, mean lady. And she would constantly try and make us watch her Masterpiece Theater VHSs that she was in. Anyway. Oh, fun. <laughs> I get, yeah. Was, I, was she the bookshelf or was she the chair? I don't know. Or... I get a phone call. Was she Juliet and she just. I, I think it was like, it had to be like sophomore year in high school. I get a phone call from um, uh, my good friend of yours, Alex Jarvis, who says, I was watching Power Rangers. And I was okay. like, yeah. Why? Because we're in 10th grade. Great way to he start was a like, sentence. Well, I was flipping through. He was like, I was flipping through TV and I saw an evil flight attendant on Power Rangers and it looked just like her. So I watched the rest of the episodes to watch the credits and it was definitely her. That's This amazing. woman that we hated that was our choir teacher was definitely like a minor villain, a sub-villain on Power Rangers. She played an evil flight attendant. I'm very curious. and I think that should be an actual I'm very term. curious if this was Mighty Morphin or a later season, because you were in 10th grade. He said it was Mighty Morphin. He was flipping. I don't know where he was. I don't know where he saw it. He was flipping through TV. So gotcha. I don't know where he was airing, seeing it aired. I almost want to call him right now and be like, tell me about that. I'm, you can, and I'm, I don't know if he'll remember it, but yeah. you can definitely call him and tell him I just told this story. It was like when uh, I saw we, my, uh, my playwriting class in college, uh, every, every year someone in that class would find out that our professor had taken her shirt off in the film Death Wish. <laughs> and it would just suddenly, like, it would spread around in these whispers of, like, did you hear Kathleen took her tits out in Death Wish? And there was also meatloaf. And everyone was like, what? No. So, like, once a year she'd have to have the day she's like, yeah, I was in Death Wish. I don't want to talk about it. So she wouldn't say that she also took her top off. It was just, I was in Death Wish, go figure out. Well, whenever people would bring it up, they're like, so we heard you were in. She's like, yeah, yeah, I was. <sighs> Can was we just move on? This school or college? This was, this was college. Oh. This is Kathleen. So this is the same woman who went to Woodstock but then left and didn't see Jimi Hendrix? Yes. Which oh. is fair. Which is fair. Nobody yeah. cared about him at that point. Nobody yeah. was thinking that was going to be a good show when it was like really late at night. <laughs> yeah, the only people at that point in the States that had seen Hendrix were people that had gone to see the monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was huge he, in, in the UK at the time too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love how we just, that was a I was hard say, left turn from say, Power Rangers to I'm Hendrix. sorry. And he's also not a Power Ranger. So. <laughs> he's not. Sorry. I just got distracted by people. People that saw people in things. He's a, he's but... a Power Ranger with his fingers on that six string. Hello. No. I, <laughs> Hell no. I don't know what that uh, Question for you going yeah. back to uh, the monsters. A particular favorite? I have one. I think you do as I well. Like, I like the really dumb, like, big pig head that eats stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got mm. the cool little helmet. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a name. I don't know what it is. I just know he, he eats, like, all the dumpster he and is... then he tries to eat the people. You should, you he is know. Pudgy Pig. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say pigster. He's horrifying. He's horrifying, but I love him. Isn't there one that's like a giant fruitcake or something? No, I'm thinking of a Doctor Who villain. I'm thinking of a Doctor Who villain from Sylvester McCoy. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, I was going to be like, is that from the modern? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Capaldi fights a giant fruitcake. Yeah. Same question for you. Way out of. (laughs) Same question for you. What's your favorite? Well, I'm Uh, just gonna I'm gonna preface that with where do those designs like where did the villains originate from in the sentai like is there any sort of 
rhyme or reason behind why they look the way they look. I don't know specifically for Zeo Ranger, which is where Mighty Morphin came from, uh, which is everyone is dinosaur based, which it's it's still true to the form. I actually don't know because I haven't watched too much about that. I hope. I mean, it's got to be the the footage of Finster. If uh, y'all aren't uh, familiar, there's this little white creepy guy who helps read out. His yeah. name's Finster. He of has, course, he has a machine where he puts a number of items into the yeah. machine and it creates a monster. That's all Sentai footage. Did, did he right. get, did he replace Goldar? No, no Goldar is different. It was Goldar was sort of the main lieutenant. Uh, was he the and blue then, guy? No, no, he's squat. white. Baboon squat. He's the... white, and he has like a hairband which keeps his like weird tendrils back, and then yeah. he's got like an apron. He's supposed to be like an older guy. So he was the guy in the tube. No, that's Zordon. So he was one of the punks with. Like, I'm the gonna vest. bring it up on my phone. <laughs> okay. so can oh my god! Yeah. You have Are a computer in front of you. Right? He, oh, he, yeah, was the, he, he ran is. the juice bar. That's he's doing this on yes. purpose. There you now. go. Got you it. could just Google what he looks like. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie mixed those monsters out of juice. Yeah. He's like, I'm a fucking shit. Juice up. Can I swear on this? Yeah, we okay. already yeah. did. Now, now my, my my question for you is: uh, of the juice bar owners, did you like Al better, or did you like the Asian guy better? That was a happy day's goof. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, We no, all thought way too hard. No comment. I really, no, wish I, have, I really wish we'd let that silence hang much longer. There have been That's what you would have deserved. There yep. have been multiple shop owners and uh, Bulk and Skull at one point own a like, juice bar in a resort that I think is owned by Tommy Oliver. Can we also maybe just talk that. about yeah. how forward thinking Power Rangers was? They had a juice bar before they did. juice yeah. bars were popular. They did have a juice bar before juice bars were popular. So, so th- those kids the were juicing before, yeah. before so juicing your, was popular. So who's your favorite then? Shellshock. He's right. a turtle that has a baseball bat, and he's got a cannon that can come out of one arm, and he's got a stoplight coming out of the top of his back <laughs> in between his neck and his shell, and he can stop the Power Rangers movements by changing it to red. So it's like, do you remember that game you'd play as a kid? Yeah, red light, red light green, green light. Yeah. That is essentially, that was his power against the, the Rangers. That's a game of amazing. Wow. Red light, green light. His design is like just a whole amalgamation of shit. It's a, that's, it but that's the point of the machine. Like, he just throws shit in. And... But sometimes it's a little more subtle. Like, yeah. What's fun like about that episode night. is that that was a villain created by Babu and Squat because they wanted to impress Rita and they just sort of threw together this. They were like, we're going to take the things lying around this room and turn it into a, a creature. And that's the other appealing thing about Power Rangers. You go back and rewatch it. And there's a lot of little subtle things that you completely overlooked as a kid that you can appreciate now. The, the humor that's, I don't think, was ever intentionally funny, but now you can look back on it and go, a turtle with a stoplight on his head, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm amused. I'm having a giggle. Somebody tried to explain this to me once, too, and <laughs> I didn't get it. Having a giggle. So what are, the, what, are the, what are the putty people? They're every... Is that right? They're putties. So this is kind of like this is a thing. That's that's the only other thing I remember from it. Was there was like a lot of weird clay people that got exploded. So you watch (laughs) Venture Brothers, right? Yeah. Putties are essentially like the henchmen of Rita, and throughout all of Power Rangers, sort of no matter what villain you get into, they always have this sort of like henchmen that really have no personality. They're just kind of there to like fuck shit up. Yeah. Um. What's great about Mighty Morphin, though, if you go back and look at some of the production videos, is I think the stunt coordinator was like, these are a bunch of my stunt friends, and you see the putties, like, doing these weird, silly little stunts, and yeah. he would just, like, on the day they needed to shoot, he's like, uh, do something weird. <laughs> and so he just let them kind of have full reign. So the putties have, like, a bit more personality than, say, like... Uh, Foot Clan. Yeah. Foot Clan are just guys, though. Putties yeah. are like that's true. Putties, putties are, are like, like weird clay people. Yeah, they're like a- animated golems. Yeah, essentially. Or and they golems, break out of the Sentai footage because that's they're one of the few you know villains that the Rangers fight as civilians on the show. So any any Correct. footage um, with the putties was something that the American uh, production company would shoot, and that's where you get sort of the fun behind the scenes videos of these stunt coordinators basically coming up with the whole the way the putties moved and and fought was something that was designed by the American production company. It wasn't sort of built into the Sentai footage beforehand. Yeah. So that's a neat little production. Yeah. So I think a lot of us, especially of our age, are familiar with Mighty Morphin, but maybe haven't seen other ones. What are what are some of your other seasons that you enjoy? Well, the well, look on their faces. They look so delighted that I just asked this. There's one in particular that Matt and I have 
bonded over and I'm touching Matt's arm as yes. we talk yes. about this. And now uh, they're kissing. Not yet. No, not um, yet. Well, we have to wait till after the Scooby Doo. There's two. Right. Do we want to talk about Dino Charge first, or do we want to talk well, about? Well, it's worth. It's also RPM. worth saying that a lot of people think of Mighty Morphin in a particular way as like a cheesy, campy show, and it is, and it's because it's 25 years old. But there's also been 25 other, 24 other different versions of the show, and with each year. I mean, they, they, some are worse than others, but if you went and watched it now, it's obviously light years beyond what the original show was. And it's actually, it's much more tolerable. The production value is higher. They moved it to, uh, they shoot it in New Zealand now and they've done it for the past oh. couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and so it's a big sort of superhero show and has been for the last couple of years. So there's some surprisingly fun seasons. Uh, Sam and I's favorite is one called RPM, which I think you'll probably do a better job of, of pitching RPM than, than me. Oh, is okay. this the racing one? Sort of. It, no, it's, about no. The, it's about these two Upper West Side Power no, Rangers. No, stop. <laughs> they have, like, the numbers on their helmets or something? So, uh, I think you're you're close. There's been a few... Well, there's been two car-based ones, as okay. I recall, in America. There's Turbo, which was sort of part of the oh, larger okay. Mighty Morphin I think that's mythos. what I'm thinking Wasn't of. that the second movie? Yes. Turbo was the second movie. So to, to set the yeah, stage, so. Power Rangers started with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They lost their powers, right? And then they went into Zeo. And from Zeo, they went into Turbo. I'm skipping Alien because not everybody loves Alien. But they and were from, still Mighty Morphin Rangers in in alien were they not they no. still had so an alien rita or zed was one murdered of the by two, a xenomorph no creates a crystal that that was a hard ages no. the power rangers so they can't morph because they have to be teens to morph oh they have to <laughs> be teens then zordon goes yo i got a backup plan i got these alien rangers and this is from a ninja focused sentai that predates Zero Ranger. Okay. And so a bunch of alien rangers show up and it's ten episodes, so it's not like I a didn't realize big deal. that that Rita was a like consistent villain through more than one series. Rita was she and Zed get married okay. and have a son who shows up in Time Force, I think. And I know um, like Bulk and Skull have a kid not together, but like Skull has a kid and gets rich and abandons Bulk. Yeah. But in fairness, at the beginning of so uh I mean uh, Bulk wasn't pulling his weight. Well, so Mighty Morphin goes from Mighty Morphin to Zeo to Turbo to In Space. And In Space yeah. sort of ends the run with like, hey, you've seen these characters grow and change. Well, and that's the culmination some... of the Zordon era. So you can almost think of yes. Mighty Morphin to In Space as all one line of continuity. Okay. Then after that, they kind See of become standalone. That being said, Lost Galaxy represents the beginning of standalone seasons. At the beginning of Lost Galaxy, though, you see Bulk and a professor whose name escapes me that they like made friends with earlier on in space. And they're like, we're going to go to space and check out this new galaxy. Um, they get on the spaceship, it launches and bulk goes, we forgot skull. And that's it. You never see them throughout the rest of the season again. I think they come back. That's in amazing. Sam. I think bulk and skull son comes back in samurai. And you learn that skull is like a millionaire now. Um, and Bulk is sad. And he's That's like abandoned Bulk, but he's still close with his. What, uh, what is astounding. the son named? Like Trash? <laughs> No, I think that's uh, no, where you Spike know his comes name. from. That's Spike. That's Spike where Spike oh. is Skull's son. That's why we oh, fucked sure. that up. Oh. It, we didn't come from nowhere when we fucked it up. Oh. Yeah. Spike is Skull's son. Oh. And what's Skull's last name again? It's like Skulkovich or something. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm not sure. His name, I think, is Skulkovich. Eugene, I think his name. name is Eugene Skulkovich. Yeah. Yes. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, um, and, and Bulk, isn't Bulk like Bulkium or something I don't like know. that? Bulk, Bulkemeyer is the last name. Yeah, yes. they're not... They're not inventive names. His first name but, just a fart sound. But they're inventive characters. <laughs> but they're inventive characters. So anyway, RPM was not about racing. I Power Rangers RPM is technically set in an alternate universe where a computer virus becomes sentient and starts destroying the world. Okay. Um, our story opens up on a dome city of Corinth where Power Rangers have been created by a secret sort of side of the government as uh, our last line of defense as humanities excuse me last line of defense against uh vengex and their identities are not secret it's their their uh they're like government operatives yeah. more or less sort of without like there's not like covert missions or anything but they're sponsored solely by the government um and it's a really interesting take good fun fact about the sentai footage the uh goonger is about a 
another world where there are animal car spirits who are fighting pollution monsters and they come to earth to elect champions to fight the pollution monsters this is about like humanity dying off and all these people who have been affected by this disaster so you have uh, one character who the show opens up on, Dylan, not D-Y-L-A-N, D-I-L-L-O-N, yep. uh, who's driving a like Mad Max-style car through this desert wasteland. With a leather jacket on. With a of leather course. jacket. Hell yeah. And he's like, I don't know who I am. His car's called the Fury. And he's like, I don't know who I am or where I came from. And he picks up this guy, Ziggy Grover, objectively the best character. Um, who's been abandoned by a mafia that he was in, like, left out to die. (laughs) Okay. And then they, like, go back to the city and through certain circumstances meet the Power Rangers and then become Power Rangers themselves. But every one of the character spotlights, for the most part, are, like, really rough. Yeah, and I think that was the last, I think, I forget, because it changed hands, uh, the license changed hands I think twice it started with Saban, then Disney, Disney bought it. it. And then, it and then I don't Saban. know where RPM fell, but it was basically at a time where they didn't think Power Rangers would continue. So they kind of pulled out all the stops for this last season and said, this is going to be the last one. We're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So it's this really sort of creative, dark season of the show. And obviously huh. it, it went on beyond that, but it kind of did feel like if you watch it and sort of know that context, you can see how it could have been a final season of Power Rangers. I mean, that was that was one of the bigger questions I had is does Power Rangers still have a young audience or is it mostly just folks our age who are into it when we were younger? Sort of like I feel like Turtles is There's a new group of teens every year at Comic-Con. Yep, that is true. That's that's why Weezer's still making albums because they're they're making new teens. And they're singing about the same stuff and they're how old? Revert? 40? Yeah. Japanese That's a whole different... Japanese girl. The abusive relationship between Brandon and Weezer is a whole different episode. (laughs) Yeah, one one of... Brandon loves bands the podcast. One, one of my favorite things ever. That's kind of what this is. Yeah. I, I was in the couch one day and I was talking about like, it was when they announced. You were in the couch? Yes. And it was when they announced. Because <laughs> he was that, listening to Weezer and he was sad. Well, it was the day they announced uh, the Hurley record, which if you don't know, has a picture of Jorge Garcia right. on the cover. From Lost. And yes. I, I said to Beth like, oh my God, look, you see what fucking Weezer's doing? They're, it's called Hurley and it's got fucking Hurley in the cover. And she just sort of like was like, oh my God. And then looked down at my computer to see that I was on the pre-order page. <laughs> so... To answer your question, th- I think the the fan base is very wide. Yes. Um, there's young kids. Matt and I had the had the good fortune of attending Power Morphicon, which I believe is a. Bi- it's really rad. Yeah, yeah, it's a biannual Power Rangers. It's convention. in like Arizona, I think. No, they've it's now in brought it here, oh, and it's at the here. Pasadena Convention Center. Okay. Um, and one cool thing that we got had the very good fortune to see was they generally have the current cast go up and do a panel and then when it's time for a switch over to the next show they will introduce the new cast oh um and the current switch over this was awesome um the blue ranger is was played by a guy named yoshi uh sadarso or sadaro and he was a fan favorite from that particular season he, uh, he was a a caveman um so another takeaway from this podcast should be if you have any interest in in, or had any interest in Power Rangers, it is certainly worth revisiting. They're all on Netflix. Yeah. What I oh, really? have liked to do is you just go and, like, even with a TV show, I'll watch the first episode of a season that I've never seen, and if it hooks me, I'll watch a couple. You know, they're 20-minute yeah. episodes. It's sort of a Honestly, small investment. And there, there's stuff in any season for anybody, I think. You, you can get reinvested in Power Rangers. Yeah. So anyway. Yes, that's... Continue. Sorry. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, he was a fan favorite from Dino Charge, and they were introducing the new cast, which is Ninja Steel, and our guy at Saban came up to us, and he said, hey, we didn't tell Yoshi this, but his little brother is also playing the Blue Ranger in Ninja Steel, and we told him he didn't get the part, but he's going to open that envelope, and he's going to read his little brother's name, and then he's going to run up on stage, and Yoshi, like, opened it up and, like, dropped the microphone, like, just being like, oh, my God. And, like, to see that magic and to see the crowd's reaction to it. Like, and to know it a, wasn't faked. Yeah, there's obviously, like, a lot of love and people really care about, like, who's coming to the cast and how the, the organization grows. So for the most part, like, if you go to Power Morphicon, you're going to meet a ton of the people who are on the shows. So, like, they're very active. They're very excited about you the go community. To any convention ever, you'll see the guy who used to play the Green Ranger. 
Yes. Jason David Frank could be a whole other podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is a brand any ambassador. He will come. <laughs> well, he's in the pocket of Valiant right now, which good oh. for him. He's playing Bloodshot in their movies, and uh, it's oh, yeah. cool that he's able to uh, sort of transition his career into that. Into anything. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> um, but going to a convention like that, we met tons of young kids we met kids in their like early to mid 20s there's a bunch of older fans as well it's like a huge collector fan base people just want to eat up more and more of that content so it keeps coming out i mean 25 years strong yeah. like there's yeah. there's no lack of i haven't i'll say like not i haven't watched every power rangers season and sure. it's very exciting for me i'm currently watching dino thunder which is like really cool. Tommy Oliver, the character comes back. So there's a nice tie back to the original history. It's a three cell team instead of a five. So there's like almost more character focus because sure. there's less airtime to throw around. And like, it is still in New Zealand, but like the New Zealand actors are better at hiding their accents. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say the mighty Morphin fans are kind of now in the minority after going to something like power morphicon you look around and see how many other seasons there have been and how popular some of the more recent seasons have have been you see that oh yeah mighty morphin is is old and that fan base is sort of the, the people large but there are these young kids that are just yeah. be, they're introduced to power rangers by whatever season is currently on so dino charge i think was their most one of their most successful seasons of the last couple of years mm -hmm. and sam and i've both seen every episode of that and it's charming it's a great season of tv having nothing to do with you know an appreciation for power rangers it's really good i think another reason the fan base stays really varied is that it sounds the way i'm gonna phrase it sounds bad but it's not in that it's not a show that has like aged with its audience it's not a show that like sure. after that first arc decided like well our fans are now older so we now need to make the shoulder like they were perfectly fine with staying a show for kids yeah, it, like, did, it didn't pull a funky winker bean and now it's about the power rangers when they're 40 yeah so like <laughs> so like you have this broad fan base because every every season that comes out remains like trying to be fun and draw in a younger audience like it's not trying to target to the adults that liked the show if the adults want to watch it they're gonna watch it right but they're not yeah. like striving to bring in old fans the thing, the thing that I, I had no idea about that, uh, just as we've been going on this conversation, is how is the parallels to Doctor Who are really yeah. yes. like I had no idea, but like I feel like it's very much the same thing of like the Power Rangers you're into is probably the first one you saw. It's exactly yeah, that's ex true. And I, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and yeah. Sam and I were talking about this earlier that that is the appeal of this show. It's the appeal of Doctor Who. It's the appeal of of comic books. Is you get to have that debate of who's your favorite and why and when a new doctor or a new power rangers team is introduced how does it compare to the old one uh and that's my favorite part about fandoms in general and so it, it makes perfect sense why i like why i love doctor who why i now fall in love with power rangers again because it's that same that same thing so i guess my, my my question for you is mary fuck kill uh the seventh doctor <laughs> finster and uh rita's space dumpster so I'll admittedly say that the seventh doctor. So that's remind me of who the seventh doctor is. Cause I'm, I'm, oh, I'm shamefully, Doctor Who fan over that's, here. Oh, I'm shamefully, <laughs> I'm shamefully, I came on board with, um, I believe. Oh wait, if I'm not wrong, it's Sylvester, that, that, Sylvester McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a person that was introduced once Eccleston started. A lot was, of people are. Well, yeah. I was, I was living, I was living in London at the time. So when, is he. Don't let him fuck with yeah, you. No, he just yeah. went back and watched shit. Right. Which I, I'm, I have to find a good entry point for that too, but someone showed me, it was when Tennant was still the doctor and someone showed me, um, I think it was uh, one of the finales of one of his seasons and there was Davros and Dal. It was a whole bunch of yeah. crazy shit going on. I had no idea what was happening. I said, nope, I love this. I, yeah. need, I need to yep. see all of this. Um, and the only things really accessible at the time were Eccleston and, and yeah. beyond. One, one of the best but things I've ever seen was on uh, the AV club when they were doing their reviews of the David Tennant episodes for the finale, I think for his third year, which whichever one where Martha goes off and has her own adventure for like a year. Sure. Um, the AV club gave the greatest review, like slash review I've ever seen. Like, you know, B plus C minus that kind of thing. <laughs> their review for their review for this two part episode was a slash F and the, and the guy's review was basically, I don't know if this is 
the best thing ever or just flaming garbage. I, I can't even tell anymore. But Please the best God. part is we get to debate it. We yeah. get to sit around right. and talk about it and, and be do. assholes. But, well, relating to what you were saying of like, oh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I had to go back and like find an entry point. I think because there are so many seasons of Power Rangers, I don't think any of them really ever feel unaccessible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is tailor-made to be somebody's entry point. Yeah. Have they ever gotten to the point where they're kind of like, kind of meta about it? Like, was there ever, like, a Frank Grimes episode of Power uh, Rangers? There's a few. In RPM, there's one where they very, like, tongue-in-cheek. They're like, this is a production of the show that we're doing. But they're also still in the characters that they're playing. So it's not like, hi, I'm, you know, Milo Cawthorn, who plays Ziggy Grover. This sure. is how we do the show. He's like, I'm Ziggy, and check out all the cool shit we do. It's like, I, I don't really Which I give it a, I've given that a lot of thought. I think it's when they were probably filming that they were worried about how kids would react to hearing like someone right. say they're not that character. Yeah. And I think it was a clean line just between, you know, let's just have them say they're the character. So if a kid is, is watching it, they're not going to turn to their parents and say, wait, that's not a power ranger. I don't understand. There is one, uh, the American show. I don't care for. I'll go out on a limb saying it. Super okay. mega force. Uh, that's the- just three words. It's just three words slammed together. All of the Power Rangers titles are just words slammed together. (laughs) The Sentai is great, though. Um, The conceit of both is the Rangers have a device that they can take a Ranger key. So say you want to be Mighty Morphin Red, you take the Ranger key and you put it into your device and you change and you take on the form of that and the powers of that Ranger. Okay. So Super Mega Force, they're like, we have access to all these legacy Rangers. Um, And at the end of that, like... Tommy Oliver comes back, a few Time Force Rangers come back to, like, destroy this big, larger enemy, and they're like, all the super, like, teams are back. Um, <laughs> but it's cool to walk through the history, and at least from the Sentai perspective, they really go through the whole 50 years, or I think at that point it was closer to, like, 40, but you see a bunch of teams where are like, I have no idea what Jetman is, but <laughs> like, that guy looks like a cool bird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, j- just so I'm clear on the term, Sentai, is Sentai a genre or is it like the name of the show? Cause I, cause I've always, I thought that Ultraman was Sentai as well. Uh, I might be wrong. Sentai. Not to be confused with Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, daddies. Super Sentai represents the genre. I think I'll look it up right now. Uh, Ultraman might be Tokusatsu, which okay. is kind of another, uh, Real, Similar style genre. And my, my only knowledge of Ultraman comes from episodes of Cartoon Planet when I was in, like, the fifth grade. Though, speaking of, one thing I think is really cool about the Power Rangers, and it's, it's a thing that we, we don't do too often anymore culturally, is repurposing something old or something foreign to make it something new. Like like one of my like one of my favorite shows ever is Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which just mm-hmm. used yep. all of the and like that early adult swim stuff too is yeah. using all of this old footage that like wasn't particularly well liked and making something new and different and fun about it. And I think that's one of the cool things about Power well, Rangers. I mean, Power Rangers yeah. has made a, you know, 25 year legacy out of that. Oh yeah. Like Whereas like Space Ghost still makes me laugh when I'm stoned at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Well, I think did, the trend. You, did you look it up? It's Tokusatsu, and yeah. it uh, also so, falls into kaiju because it's giant monsters. Yeah, because Ultraman. What's Toka big? So what's... Sentai is both kind of a genre and the name of the show. Sure. <laughs> and that yeah. second one you mentioned is what? Tokusatsu. What you... Tokusatsu is that is a genre? Any Japanese live-action film or television drama that features considerable use of special effects. Um, often so uh, so film or science, television <laughs> science fiction fantasy or horror. well no because like I guess the the difference between that and like the Sentai stuff is that these are really good stuck guys doing stuff like true they're not like yes there will sometimes be special effects but to their credit the people who are doing these in Japan are like really good stunt guys like yeah. they're not so uh, based on this article Super Sentai is a subgenre of Tokusatsu. Okay. Cuz Super Sentai consistently is a team. Sentai I believe is a Japanese word for unit, so it's like oh. super unit yeah. where um Godzilla, Ultraman, Kamen Rider those tend to be like individualistic heroes. Sure. Uh Kamen Rider you can make a case not cuz there's usually a ton of other riders. Uh but Let's Ghost Rider. 
but yeah. If he was a common writer, that would be amazing. There is common writer ghost, which is okay. And there was but that one yeah. time that common rode a bike. <laughs> but <laughs> this not, is a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a good joke. Matt liked it. That's I was enjoying it. Yeah. I enjoyed That's that. all that matters. Say, not to say that there's not special effects, but like. To their credit, like, the people who do it in Japan are fucking badass. Like, oh, yeah. They're insane stunt people. It's it's nice to see, uh, even today, I think, going back to Dino Charge, which we keep touching on, uh, a lot of the models that they use for the, like, giant robots are still, like, handmade models. There was a period when they were like, we're going to CGI the hell out of everything. And you're like, eh, like that doesn't look good and it's not going to age well. But to see like the physical models come out again is like really awesome, at least for the uh, yeah. the Megazord. I don't think that's true for the individual. Right, uh, but when they're actually sort of fully formed, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. A, it's still a guy in a suit. Well, you'd nice. said there were, uh, when I asked you and you guys got very excited, you said there were two. You talked about RPM. Dino Charge and RPM. And yeah. so... Di- Dino Charge. I love Lost Galaxy. Dino Charge feels the closest to, I guess it's kind of as far as the, as far as the mythology goes, the closest to the original in that they're dinosaur based. Also, and there's a very weird character named Keeper, who just sort of appears and disappears throughout the show. But he comes down to Earth millions of years ago, and he's protecting these things called the Energems. And there's a intergalactic villain who's who's chasing them down, but he decides to bury them and bond them with the creatures of the earth at the time, which are dinosaurs. And the thing that's also special about Dino Charge, which I liked a lot, is that throughout time, pe- different people have found these Energems. So you have characters that are on the Ranger team that are a a former medieval knight. Uh, you have a caveman. You have a rich uh, British billionaire. So, and these are he's, all. He's, so they make them immortal, basically. They do. And they yeah. never really call it out, but that's they, what they it is. They very briefly gloss over it when they're like, yeah, Code is like a 30,000 year old caveman because the energies make you immortal. And he goes, please let me die. <laughs> I won't spoil the end, but it's satisfactory. The world yes. is so scary. But it's satisfactory. Well, no, because. Uh, oh, he, he becomes a lawyer and then goes to trial with Frankenstein. What happens and- is, is he gets frozen in ice and then a paleontologist finds him and she's like, guess you're going to be my assistant for a while. <laughs> and he's like, but first law school. So, so he's that's like, okay, cool. That's just metamorpho. <laughs> and he talks in a very cheesy caveman accent. I mean, it's, it's sort of the stereotypical yeah. like. Me Tarzan, you Jane. Although Tarzan's not a caveman, I don't know no. why I did a Tarzan. But voice. that's the, but they give that's him the racist. same. Yeah. yeah. In my head, I'm still just seeing that's him as Nick Kroll. <laughs> He's British, yeah. so He's British. It's racist. Um, yeah, no, Dino Charge is. Uh, I think we touched on it when we went when we were talking about Power Morphicon. It's very genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody involved grew up with Power Rangers. They're, I would say they're a little bit younger than we all are, so it's probably like 25 to 20. Yeah. So they have a similar history with it. And to be able to come into acting and have the opportunity to do a show, mm-hmm. it was only like two or three seasons, I think two. Um, so it's not Dino, like, There was Dino Charge and then Super Dino Charge. Yeah, so it's not... Or Dino Supercharge? No. It I think Super it was Super Dino, Dino, Dino Charge. Super Dino Charge. So it's not like your whole career, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty cool and the stories are just silly the sentai is really fun uh kyoryuger because the way that they morph is they have these guns and they have like little shoot themselves in the head (laughs) like persona that's in persona 3 they shoot themselves okay yeah Um, full circle they uh they have these little charges that they can use to morph for like summon their uh zords or do special Mm -hmm. things and they put them in the gun and then they fire but in kyoryuger they uh spin the barrel of the gun and it sparks, and then music comes out, and they have to do this little dance. That's and really they, funny. They took that out, but the dance is incredible. And then the Zord, once it forms its Megazord, it also dances. That's amazing. What series is this again? Uh, Kyo Ryuger. That's okay. the which Japanese. Is the Japanese series. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need you to pull this up on YouTube. Yes, this dance is on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, when we're when we're done, we'll find them on YouTube. Yeah. Um, we'll do the YouTube. I would no, say, I think, yeah, that would be if anyone was to go and and try Power Rangers again, would you say Dino Charge would be the one to yeah. start off with? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Dino Charge is a good one to get into. It's bright. It feels very modern. It's more than one season. Yeah. <laughs> the production value is, is pretty high. You know, it's, it's the same. I think a, the reason why a lot of people were turned off by Doctor Who when it sort of really 
took off with like Matt Smith, you would say, oh, go and go and start Doctor Who. Watch Chris Eccleston. People would watch it and be like, this is painfully British. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's because of the production value. It's it's tough to to buy in on that. And I think that's true with some of the Power Rangers seasons. But if you go to the big shiny one like Dino Charge, you go, oh, I get it. You can fall in love with it again, and then go back and watch the ones that might be a little more painful. Production value wise, that's the exact same thing, thing, thing that happened with me. I, I I tried watching the pilot of uh, the Eccleston season a couple times, and I yeah. get halfway through and be like, "This sucks." Yeah, well, it's oh, all about I those really, weird mannequins. Like, yeah, I, I might be in the minority where I, I was fine really with love it. it. Like, I liked him, but yeah. I was just like, "This is like this felt like oh, this is just like Power Rangers." This is, <laughs> yeah. And like, the it's bad- not like Power Rangers though. I did. I and got. I got yelled at. I got yelled at, and then and then I. I got yelled at at Comic-Con this year. Although, I still think I was in the right. I was working um, at my own company's booth, and we were talking about Voltron, and I didn't know much about Voltron because I hadn't watched the new series yet and like decided that I'm low-key in love with Pidge. Um, the, and they were like, yeah. They were trying to explain it to me. I was like, oh, so it's kind of like Power Rangers in space. And they were like, what? No, it's not. Da-da-da. And I was like, they both form a giant robot, don't they? And then they tried to tell me that Power Rangers don't form a giant robot. And I was like, look, motherfucker, <laughs> I don't know much about this, but I know they make a big robot. Don't fight with me about that. Because I was talking about Mighty Morphin. But like, That's a basic building block of Power yeah. Rangers. Yeah, g- robots. gestalt robots. <laughs> to make a big, big robot. Yeah, That's the term for it. Yeah. Gestalt? Gestalt robot. No, it's a conceit robot. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, so- oh, he said it first this time. <laughs> Normally, I tell Brandon I hate him by the end of every episode. Yeah, she. she I'm surprised she hasn't threatened to turn off my mic yet. Oh, we're getting there. Um, so, wrapping up, uh, are there any other uh, topics in Power Rangers Alia that you guys would like to discuss before we wrap up? Uh, I will just again. I'm going to plug the hell out of my book. Yeah, please. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> there, there is a lot of great stuff uh, on the horizon with uh, the series. Um, with you know, Saban is is partners with us on the book, and we work closely with them to make sure it all stays in line with 25 years worth of mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we're we're sort of forecasting pretty far in advance and there's some very very cool stuff coming so if you haven't read the book i encourage you to read it and, and the pink and ranger an trade just came out yes right? i know because yeah. uh my my number one my number one love uh in- internet witch love teeny howard wrote it um I <laughs> is that the one that that's uh just about amy joe johnson's singer-songwriter career no okay <laughs> yeah this is what he does. It's fine. He's making all these eyebrow wiggles at me. Which <laughs> he is. It's a little uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I would say. Yeah, the stuff you guys are doing is great. I've, I've definitely checked it out. Very cool. Yeah. So piggybacking off of that, if you have Netflix, just start watching seasons. See what sticks. Uh, yeah. Like we've been saying over the course of this podcast, there's 25 years. You're going to find something that you like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of. Not to be, like, blue about this, there's a lot of attractive people who have been Power Rangers. So, if anything, you have a lot of nice people to yeah. look at. But also, like, saying, saying like, there's that, and there's there's also just, like, a wealth of other material out there. Like, there's Absolutely. so much you can check out. Right. Yeah. There's toys, there's books, there's games, there's everything. The Super Nintendo Power Rangers game was real good. Oh, yes. I still <laughs> play that. I still play that game. That you one, have a that Super Nintendo? Or you have I a do. good ROM? No, I have. Is this why you call everything Nintendo. a computer game? Yes, a CD. I played on CD-ROM. <laughs> He's got a bunch of old floppies. Excellent. <laughs> there, are, there are two types of you, games, computer games and Nintendo games. Do you remember the Prince of Persia floppy game? Yes. The black and white yes. side-scroller? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> That's all. She she uh, dug up an old, like, Amiga DuckTales game a couple <laughs> oh, weeks ago. I did. I had it when I was younger. Is that the one where you're Scrooge and you can jump on stuff with your cane? No, that's no, the NES. That's, okay. that's the NES game. This no, is this weird this is like, like you fly around the world and you're in a competition to collect the most money with like the Scottish guy. Flintard Isn't Lombold. that the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie? <laughs> it is exactly. <laughs> there there is a scene where you can choose to make the chipettes one of your confidants. All right. Oh, so my. to wrap up, uh what persona is there is anything that, that you guys would this persona five jet ski frenzy other other than uh anything that you guys are involved in that you want to plug other than the books i don't know i know i don't know if you're doing uh improv stuff up in if you follow me on twitter i've been doing a lot of at slam kusek that's k-u-s-e-k um 
I've been working on a tabletop RPG that utilizes a lot of the aesthetics that we've been talking about for Power Rangers. Um, it should be released probably within the next few months. It's cool. going to be called Henshin, which is the Japanese word for transform, which you'll see if you watch Kamen Rider or Power Rangers. They usually say Henshin right before they transform. Um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, it should be fun. Cool. Anything for you, Matt? Or just That's the books? Pl- plug in those Power Rangers. Yeah, just plug in those Power Rangers. <laughs> That sounds dirtier than it should be. <laughs> all right. Well, you can find me online at, at Garlodactyl all over the place. And uh, still super unemployed. Still have nothing to plug. <laughs> um, you can find me at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the various internet things. Um, my sketch team, the Pinup Squirrels, we have our next show at Second City on Saturday, June 10th. Oh, wait, and I our, do have something to plug. Our guest is... An MMA guy. I don't remember his name, but he's an MMA Jason guy. Jason David Frank. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> Franklin, yeah. Franklin. It is Jason absolutely David. Jason David Frank. It's Just not. kidding. I do have something to plug. Uh, oh, yes. Next, which I'll talk about this. Or no, this will be coming out. This will be coming out Monday. So yeah. this Wednesday. Oh, this Wednesday. Oh. oh, sorry. This Wednesday, the 31st, if you're in LA, um, come out to Heidi Ho Comics. Uh, we are hosting a Wonder Woman fan event. Uh, we're going to have like a bunch of people, a bunch of people there who've Worked on the show and stuff. Um, Mark and Draco, who's a wonderful writer who's done Wonder Woman 77, is going to be hosting a like Wonder Woman trivia contest. We've got prizes. Uh, it's $15 for an open bar uh, if you pre-buy your ticket, which ain't bad. $12 if you just want food. Uh, it's going to be rad. That's I think a lovely it's on the story. 31st, right? It's on the 31st. That's, That's Wednesday. That's a week from Wednesday. Oh, fuck. A week from... I don't fucking know. I don't know what day it is. Um, Point is, you can buy your... Tickets are now on sale. <laughs> oh, the, uh, one very last thing. Um... So last week's episode was about uh, the Mountain Goats. We um, have a special giveaway. We've mentioned on Twitter, but we might as well mention it on the show. Um, if you leave us a review on the iTunes, uh, you have a chance to be entered into a contest well, to no, win. You will be entered into the contest yeah. if you leave us a review. And uh, I'll pick somebody at the end of next week, and you can win a copy. To win a copy, a CD of Goths. Which is the new Mountain Goats album that came out this week. Which they sent me along with the vinyl, and I don't need it. <laughs> now, which mountain are these goats on? Uh, the, the Mountain of Sadness. <laughs> yeah, the Mountain of Sadness. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as always, thank you to Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting Over is a lot like giving up. Off the album, Falling is like flying. Um, their Kickstarter is almost over, so you should definitely go support them. Um, you can find us on the internet at, at IntuitPod on both Facebook and Twitter, and you can email us at IntuitPod at gmail.com if you want to submit something that you think we'd be into. Uh, as you heard last week, we can now record remotely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be expanding our stuff pretty quick. Yeah. Any, any last uh, make ups you want to get out, Brandon? Oh, so many. Always, always so many. I, I think I just more want to... Uh, beat out the plot, no pun intended, of that uh, Jim Morrison handjob story. <laughs> that will be on stands uh, yeah. next month. <laughs> oh, yeah. that that's, a, that's a special black one shot. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the one where the Blu-ray it's gonna be, tries to It's going to be polybagged. <laughs> it's going to be polybagged. With a triple X variant cover by Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> and that's that. Podcast, Podcast over. over. Podcast over. <laughs> you can keep talking. I am that. Don't that one. <laughs> <laughs>